Let's get this bitch started. Stupid yet the rhyme's so brilliant Never could you bring the kid down, I'm too resilient And fuck them biting ass niggas who be stealing Y'all niggas copy my style like a chameleon I'm a Brazilian, that's one in a million Two high for ceilings, it's how I am feeling What the blood clot, how did all these thug rocks Have me looking dumb hot with my eyes all bloodshot Now that's a mugshot Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Hip Hop Heads Podcast H-Cubed up in this bitch Yes sir, yes sir, we back with another episode this time, uh, we're going to hit y'all with an album review, uh, which is Run the Jewels, uh, RTJ4, which I'm assuming self-titled number four, essentially, is what that's referring to, yes, Run sir. the Jewels 4. Yes, sir. This is, I know it's my man Killer Mike in that joint, but what's the, the, the other dude's name is LP, right? Yeah, LP, spelled E-L stash the letter P. Now, for those of y'all that's been, for, for, for our day one listeners, y'all know, you know, we reviewed uh, RTJ3, I believe is what it was, right? Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, I wasn't too big of a fan of that one. And I remember I, I was telling you about this while, you know, we were reviewing this. That, you know, it just, I was comparing the two to each other and I could just, I could hear, I could hear a difference. And, and I feel like they, they may have taken the, I don't know, I don't know if it was a different route production wise or what it was, but it, it, I, I like this one better. Let me just start off by saying that. I was, I, I agree with you. Uh, this one was more enjoyable than the, than the third round of them. I, I think it did have a lot to do with the production that was on that joint, but we can definitely get into that later once we're going through this. For sure. So. No, for sure. For sure. All right. Well, let's go ahead and just start off this show with number one, like we always do, which is called mm-hmm. Yankee and the Brave, episode four. And it's a really, really interesting beat. It's completely out of the box, and it's not what you would normally expect to hear right at the beginning of the album, I would say. You know, honestly... I, I'm gonna say the opposite of that. I feel like hmm. with with the energy that most of this album has, including a lot of the features, I feel like this is a perfect uh, song to start the album off. Like you said, it's a definitely a left field, very heavy, uh, kind of like lo-fi kind of beat. But I, I really, I really dug it, and I feel like um, uh, uh, Killer Mike starting it off like he did was was, was dope as hell. To start off straight, killing it. And straight into rapping, I feel like that was, that was really dope. A really dope way of starting it. Very sure. true. Like, and I, no, I agree with you. I'm just saying it's a very interesting sounding beat, but it is a good way to start the album. So, honestly, because the lyrics just hit you right, right over the head like a baseball bat, and that's nah, like, a sure. very consistent thing throughout this album is the yeah. like a rapping ability of these two niggas. Oh yeah, no, nah, for sure. And you know, in the um, in the other album that we listened to, uh, RTJ Three. I kind of said I wasn't too big of a fan of LP's rapping, and I was more of a fan of, uh, of Killer Mike's. And don't get me wrong, I still am more of a fan of Killer Mike's rapping because I just every time I hear him rapping, I think about uh, Kendrick and how he said essentially, if you guys wanted real rap, Killer Mike would would be a platinum artist or or, or be selling platinum or some shit like that. Facts. And, and it just kind of it just speaks on his level of uh, of lyricism and just able to you know put words together. And I feel like he just does that really well. Very true. Very. And he true. definitely. He definitely does that in, in his first track well, but none not to take anything away from LP because I think I think he definitely killed it too in this in this one. Yeah. Um, it, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that this is a nice and, and short kind of, you know, just them spitting and getting right into it and it's nice, concise, and it just, you know, gets right into it. Yeah. No, I agree one hundred percent. Alright, so let's uh let's go ahead and go on to number two, which is uh Ooh La La. And uh, it says featuring Greg Nice and DJ Premier. I can only assume that DJ Premier was under production end. Yes, sir. And I'm assuming Greg. It was Greg Nice also a a, a producer. Do you know? Uh, uh, give me one second, and I can let you know. 
I just kind of assumed because I didn't hear anybody else. So. Oh yeah, he's uh, since he's part of a hip hop East Coast duo. Oh, nice and smooth. Nice and smooth. Huh? I've never heard of him. I've never heard of him either. They've been around That's since 1987, though. So. Oh shit. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I don't think he was rapping on it, right? Unless maybe that was his sample. The ooh la la. Uh, maybe that was a sample. Maybe. Possibly. And maybe maybe that was a sample that because uh, I'm, I'm guess I'm assuming this is production from a uh, from premiere. I'm assuming. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely premiere production. It's like the new style of his production, though. But you can still hear his sound in it, um, mm. where he's using. I mean, I don't even know where he's getting shit now, but it's just like whatever he's yeah. doing now is completely mm-hmm. different than before, but he's using the same formula to make it sound vicious, so there's still that signature sound to it. Yeah, no, for sure. I definitely could tell that early on. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like this song. You know, this is actually... I'm assuming this is probably one of their their lead uh, singles from the album, and this is also just a quick uh, monkey wrench in there for my potheads. I believe they have a strain called Ooh La La, uh, in cookies, run the jewels do at, at the cookie store in California. So if you guys are in California, check that out. I think they got their own strain called Ooh La La. So that's kind of I actually knew about the strain before I knew about um about the song. So it was just kind of funny listening to it. But it was definitely a dope song though. Um, the the hook was a little repetitive. I will say that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, that's the only thing I will say. Uh, but they both killed it. I feel I, I really dug LP's uh, part in here. I feel like he killed it particularly well. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. All right, bet. Let's go ahead and go to. Um, actually, hold on. One thing I wanted to say about that was that the scratching at the end. I'm always a fan of scratching. If it's in the chorus, if it's at the end of the song, the beginning of the song, I don't care. I love to hear niggas scratch on fucking beats. That's the last thing I have to say. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, you know, and you know, premiere being there is gonna happen. You know, so. Oh yeah, for sure. It definitely wasn't a surprise, for sure. For sure. All right, let's go to number three, "Out of Sight" featuring Two Chains. And uh, they definitely sampled an older song for this beat. Uh, I meant to look up what that sample was, and I will in a minute. But Mike definitely killed this verse, and he was the sharper of the two lyrically on this track. I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to take away from LP, but mm-hmm. I feel like Mike tends to be the stronger lyrically. But there yeah. are some cases where LP outshines Mike on a track. But no, it's, for sure. again, it's not a knock against him. It's just that, like, like you know, like I know, just M- Mike is that nigga when it comes to rapping. So, <laughs> no, nah, for sure. And and one of the things that I really like about um, his his style of rapping almost it fits very well in these like very high energy, high intense kind of beats, just because he's just real loud and just abrasive and everything. Exactly. And uh, and I feel like that's what this beat is. Like the beat itself, it's the the sample is really dope. It's really nicely chopped up. And let me just say this, very, very underrated 2 Chains verse. Let me just say that. Yes, I definitely because, agree because on that. Because hearing 2 Chains, excuse me, on a more trap style of beat, but for those of y'all that, you know, haven't heard 2 Chains actually rap, he can rap. Yeah. He held his own here very well, I would say. I, in fact, I think that he matched their energy. The the pace and the energy oh, yeah. that they had on it, he matched that energy and did a really fucking good job lyrically still at the same time and just wasn't shout, spouting some like just BS bullshit. Like he was actually yeah, in there yeah. with the lyrics. So like always, uh, again, respect to 2 Chains. And then plus they changed the beat for when 2 Chains came up. And the mm. fact that he was still able to match that intensity with a different beat, which I believe was slower than the initial beat. Mm. vicious real vicious no yeah no 100 that was that was one of the things that particularly stood out to me 
Um, just hearing two chains keep up with these guys, and uh, I think that was a really dope song for sure. Honestly, I would say probably one of my favorite songs on the, on the album for sure. I could go with you too, and I'm gonna say Ooh La La was uh, another one of my favorites for sure. For sure. All right, let's go on to uh, number four, which is Holy Kalamafuck, I believe is how you pronounce that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna just say early, uh, right from the jump, this is one of the songs that I wasn't the biggest, uh, biggest fan of, and it was more particularly just because the beat was kind of all over the place mm-hmm. it was very heavy on the on the sample and the, the horns in the background kind of and but but it but overall again killer mike killed it from the jump like his his verse early on killed it and i would yeah i would say the whole the, the song was good but i just wasn't a big fan of the beat itself yeah like you said it was a lot it was the beat was very cluttered if it didn't have so yeah. much stuff in it it would have been really mm-hmm. vicious because it was a deep driving bass that yeah. went to that song that was just sick as shit and that was on the chorus where you got less shit going on during the chorus and just the, the person saying fire whatever the sample was like that part was probably one of the best parts of it but again yeah, sure. this song again it, it cuts off into another into another beat mm-hmm. that is actually mm-hmm. better than the first beat yeah no i agree so, i agree that you know the second part um a lot and again again it's more stripped down it doesn't include all the extra samples which to me it was just an unnecessary clutter mm-hmm. of, of samples thrown together you know that's kind of what it sounds like and, and maybe that's what they were aiming to do you know especially when they, they put in a language that most people probably wouldn't understand yeah maybe that was their intention i don't know but still, to me, it just it just didn't work out too great. I wasn't a big fan of this song, to be honest. Yeah, I got I gotta say it's not. I don't think that this should be like not added to the album, but like, no, yeah, it could have been reworked definitely. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Number five is Goonies versus ET. I thought that the beat was dope on this joint, but I wish I could know what was sampled on that chorus. But it makes the it, it's another cluttered sounding song, especially during the chorus. But Mike yeah, kills sure. the track. Like I can't lie, like they, they both kill the track. No, I agree, and um, I, I feel like I really liked uh, Mike's uh, flow on this joint. I think the it kind of really fit the beat because the beat was also kind of one of those off kind of sounding beats too. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like your typical beat that you know it's easy kind of just to flow on. So yeah. I think that was a good job by him to kind of just fit right into the beat there. For sure. All right, so let's uh, let's go on to number six, uh, which is uh, "Walking in the Snow," mm-hmm. and this is also one of my favorite songs on the track. Yes. I would say, yes. and if I understood this correctly, featuring Gangsta Boo, is that is that correct? I don't think it's technically featuring Gangsta Boo, but it's using a sample of her from I think their first album that she was featured on. Really? Yeah, because it even, and, even the parts where she's talking. Yeah, because it's all from an old song. Like uh, I wish oh, I could remember okay, okay, okay. if it was from. I think it's from RTJ One. Uh, but I mean, I know she, I think she's been on all three RTJ albums. I guess they couldn't really get her to be on this one, so they just used the sample of her. <laughs> hey, Corona, that's why. Exactly. Um, hold on. Like this is number six. Yeah, it doesn't say that it samples uh, her. I mean, it doesn't say that it features her at all. She's not. Let me see if she's in the, um, in the writing credits. She is in the writing credits but i mean she would be in the writing credits if they used her her vocals for the for the for the uh, that is true that is true that yeah. is true but um yeah not nah, definitely very heavy on the basis kind of more of like the trappy or kind of uh beat if you will almost it's like uh, it's like a trap I really slash dug it. i'm sorry like it's like a trap slash industrial song like one of those kind of like yeah, techno-ish sure. industrial type joints i just wanted to oh, my bad go ahead <laughs> No, 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 no. That, that actually describes it perfectly because it starts off with that industrial kind of sound when uh, when uh, 
LP is rapping. Mm-hmm. But then when when uh when the uh, gangsta boot part comes in, that's when the trap part kind of just mixes in, and it kind of does a really good balance of mixing in between the industrial rap kind of sound and the trap sound. And I, I feel like they did that very well. And let me just say, this is a really dope workout song. Mm-hmm. I was working out to this shit a couple of days ago. And let me just tell you, we live in fucking Maryland and D.C. And this shit is fucking cold as shit. Yep. So this song was a perfect fucking song for that shit. <laughs> um, and, and, and I just thought it was, it was a, I, I really, really liked the hook. I feel like it was a really dope uh, hook for sure. No, but I wish I could remember what song it is. And I don't want to have to go like looking through because I'm going to like lose my attention span. No, nah, for uh, sure. But uh, it's like the original song that they sampled it from too vicious that shit anytime that she's with these two guys on a track it's just a vicious song so and this one included oh yeah no nah, for sure again i would say definitely one of the more high energy songs but also one of the better songs in my opinion for sure all right number seven is just uh with the dollar stein for the s uh i don't know why but okay because uh, pharrell williams that's why oh true <laughs> <laughs> well featuring pharrell williams and zach de la roca who is the lead singer of rage against the machine if y'all didn't know and this song is actually is that who that was featuring yeah mm-hmm. oh shit. it's the white guy with the dress yeah. yep oh shit um uh, what do you call it mike's rhyme style on this joint is like it's like kind of like the basic shit that niggas will do where they'll they'll hit they'll find one niche and it's kind of like the rick ross lazy rap that i always talk about like they'll Mm -hmm. hit that one thing and they'll just use that same thing and don't change up the lyrical style at all throughout the track um, which kind of blows my mind but mike is saying so much more in those few words and in that style of rhyme that it's just like (laughs) damn i don't want to hear you rap like this nigga but it's still tight like (laughs) Nah, look, I'm going to be real with you. I wasn't a big fan of this. And mainly it was because I felt like the hook sounded very corny. Like, I know I know that they were kind of probably doing that on purpose. It kind of sounds like they were going for that. Like, yeah. we're kind of trying to, you know, we're kind of trying to say some real shit, but in a, in a corny sounding way. But this is how y'all sound saying. I, that's kind of the vibe that I got from this song. Mm-hmm. But to me, it just didn't. I wasn't a big fan of it. I really didn't like the beat either all that much. And to be honest, let me just jump out there and say this right now. Hot, 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 fresh out the skillet tape. I think that Pharrell is overrated. There you go. I said it. Ooh. But you said the same thing about it. Timberland too, so. <laughs> no, yeah, no. And, and I mean it. I mean both of, of those things, though. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they're trash. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that I feel like Pharrell is a little overrated because I, I, I just, I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't, this, this, this didn't, this didn't fit on this fucking album to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, it just didn't make sense to me. I actually just, think that it fit perfectly because the, 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 the no, topics the that they, too. Yeah, yeah, the context sure. that they go on, they're for all, sure. they're all pretty like, well, I, I don't know about LP politically, but I know that Zach and Mike are both very political and this is yeah. a very politically driven song no for sure, for um, sure. which no, is why right, I, right. which right. is why i think they might have wrapped it why mike white might have wrapped it that way but in the second verse with lp it's completely different than the way that mike did his shit yeah. and then of course zach's verse is completely different to that but they're all good verses it's just that mike's for me verse was just like i hate to hear you rap that way but the con- the, the lyrics contained in those rhymes were actually dope as fuck so i guess i can let it slide you know what i'm saying no, yeah, for sure. No, I, I'm with you again, I, and I, I'm never gonna say. Well, I'm not, let me not say I'm never gonna say, but I, I can't. I can't really say that uh, uh, Killer Mike's verses was whack or anything like that. Yeah. But I just feel like the song in general. I just wasn't. I wasn't a fan of it, man. I, I got wasn't you. A fan of it. I got you. I got you. Let's go on to a song I was a, 
a big fan of, which was number eight, is I Never Look Back. Honestly, I would say this is probably my favorite song for sure on the album. I really like the beat on this joint, but more importantly, I really, really think that big, uh, Killer Mike had his, his best verse on this song to me. I feel like it just had a real kind of dark, kind of very fast paced uh, beat. And his, his verse was dope as hell to me. I'm kind of against you on this one. I was probably one of my least favorite songs on this track because I was really the beat's okay but like i mean the beat is all right but like for me it was literally mike's lyrics like i, I wrote down this is mike's lyrics that saved this song for me it's very like you said it's very eerie sounding you could give they give examples of like basically the same topic but except in separate experiences like they're just talking about like life experiences for whatever you know that specific topic yeah. um and it drops yeah. a lot of advice so actually it's technically a really good song but i just think that the beat is a little lackluster on it me personally i don't know um I, it was more on the shorter end of a song too, mm-hmm. but I really, I actually did like this song. I just, I really liked. I, I, I even liked the LP's part. I feel like, but, but Mike's part was definitely uh, what, what stood out the most to me, and and, and I really liked that. Yeah. So okay. All right, number nine, the ground below. I think this song is okay. Again, it's like a, I'm a little bit torn on this song. The beat is very hard and driving, and to me, it kind of sounds like one of those rap, rap, uh, rock mixes, like the you know, mm-hmm. uh, from back in the day. The thing about this song, which is weird, it kind of goes against like the to the musical sound of it for me anyway, is the fact that the Jonas is actually like a really motivational song. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, for sure, for sure. And um, honestly, like you know, you said it sounded like that. Um, like that rap rock mix that you know was going on like in like maybe what like late mid to late 2000s or something like that yeah um, this kind of reminded me and again I'm, I'm biased i'm a big charles hamilton fan it kind of reminded me of something i would hear charles hamilton on okay and i would really i actually that makes me think that i would really like to hear uh him i don't even know if he's still making music to be honest but to hear him work with uh run the jewels but that's different topic for a different day <laughs> but right. um but definitely uh this song was dope but again i just feel like it was it, it just, I don't know. It, I feel like it did it. If there was a throwaway on the album, it would probably be this song, I would say. Because I, I just feel like it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't, I don't know. To me, it didn't fit the album and it wasn't, it wasn't like a super great song. So mm-hmm. okay. I, I would say it was kind of like a throwaway type of song in the song to me. Okay. Okay. And for uh, number 10, which is uh, featuring Joshua Home. Home? I guess Home. Like maybe. Home. Joshua Home and uh, Mavis Staple. Staples. And this, again, was a beat that was a very kind of dark, gritty, kind of industrially kind of sounding beat, like a very kind of weird sounding beat in the background. And then the hook was very dark and kind of almost depressing sounding. I would, I would, I guess I could use those words, but it was a dope song. I liked the song a lot. It was um very energy and emotionally based song, but mm-hmm. I really liked it. Now, I, I'm going to actually go up, piggyback off of what you were saying, where it kind of had like a depressing tone. LP like delivers an almost depressing verse. <laughs> so like I can see why the yeah. music kind of matches like the content of the joint. Um sure. but still it, it's it's it kind of like drags you down but it, at the same time it's just still so lyrically vicious like fuck, you know, like that was incredibly like vivid and shit like that. Plus no, Mavis sure. Mavis Staples, she's an she's an older uh singer, R&B singer, like soul singer, mm-hmm. jazz probably too. Uh and she is amazing on this chorus. It's like Extra, again, everything about this joint is like kind of creepy like her voice is haunting on this joint it's almost oh, just yeah. like it's like not scary to hear it but it's just like it's kind of ethereal I, I, it's weird trying to explain it the only way i could think of is haunting no no it's it's i think haunting is definitely is 
the, the hooker just has a very haunting, like agonizing almost kind of sound. Like when 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 they're singing the, the uh, um, is it um, Mavis who's singing the hook? Yeah, because I believe the other guy is playing the guitar. Okay, okay, yeah. So yeah, definitely, it has a very, oh, like I said, almost like agonizing kind of kind of sound when mm-hmm. when she's uh, when she's singing our grenade, like very. Like you said, haunting. So yeah. I, I feel like that was definitely it. Fit like you said the content of the song, and it was a it was a dope song. You know what? Hold on. I want to know if she is a blues singer. Uh, yep, she's a blues uh, singer, gospel singer. So yeah, now nah, like I, now I can understand it because you know the blues is a really really like sad sad type of music, and you have to be able to affect a type of an emotion in your voice, mm-hmm. and that really helped her. Uh, oh, yeah. Put this chorus down because, like, this chorus is it's, honestly it's an amazing chorus. It just sounds vicious. It's completely simple, but it just sounds so dope. It's just something about it that is going to stick with you. Nah, for sure, I agree one hundred percent. And like I said, it was one of the more slow, I guess, emotionally charged songs. But it definitely it stood out to me for sure. For sure. Number eleven, which is the last track on the album is a few uh, a few words for the firing squad and then in, in uh, rotation or excuse me radiation in quotations and this song is actually really interesting um because i think that the beat is dope especially the sax sample in the first part of it like i think that mm-hmm. sax sample is is one of the best samples that they've used in this entire thing outside of the dj premiere song and i love the beat because it builds up and lp's verse is is basic in structure rhyme wise and so is mike's but there's more energy behind the 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 basic lyrics than you would think would be behind those type of i mean the, that type of flow not lyrics but flow mm-hmm. um i really like this song as the last track and it is the longest song on the album and it breaks down technically i think into three parts like, i heard two but was it only two maybe, oh no you're right because it ends and then there's like an out- outro mm-hmm. about the end. exactly um, yeah, you're right. But the change for each each beat was vicious for the change up, and I'm trying to think of that that the there's a sample at the end that references Yankee and the Brave, and Ooh. it sounds like it's from an old movie, but I have no idea what the fuck movie it's from. But um, yeah. it's is it was another interesting way to end the album. Like like it was the the first track was an interesting way to begin the album. I just feel like. The type of beats that these guys do and the, the their lyrical ability songs can be good but it's just like i feel like maybe it's hard for them to pick what should start and what should end the album just because they have so many choices but like I, th- well, I honestly think this was a good one yeah no i agree and um i feel like they're very like cinematic with their choosing of of, of where they play songs i feel like this is it has a very dramatic like you said the, the build-up of this of this beat is very dramatic and it starts very stripped down just to just i guess what is that a violin or something like that yeah. mm-hmm. so it kind of just starts off with that and it kind of just builds and layers and layers and layers and layers and then and, and then and, you know it's really dope when lp's verse ends and it kind of just a run and then it kind of just keeps kind of just keeps playing the i guess if you could call it the hook part and then uh killer mike comes in very personal song for both guys mm-hmm. uh more particular killer mike you know referencing his his mom who passed away and just just Dope song overall. The only thing I will say is I personally just felt like it was a little bit too long. Um, <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I, it wasn't wasted. It wasn't just empty space. You know what I mean? It wasn't just empty space. But I just felt like it could have been cut maybe a little bit shorter than 
than, than damn near seven minutes long. No, I agree with you because there was literally almost like just two minutes of beat change of playing before yeah. it even switched into the other beat. So like you can cut that down to like maybe 45 seconds at the absolute most and saying, then yep. switch the beat. I, nah, mm. I definitely feel you on that. Cause when I was listening to it, I was like, okay, I first thought it was three different songs that ended the song, the end of yeah. the joint. And then when I'm, yep. I went back and I was listening to it again today, I realized, Oh, this is just one really long goddamn song. <laughs> no, for sure. For sure. And, and again, I feel like the, the tight, the title name for this song, cause you know, sometimes artists named their, their songs like, random ass shit that got nothing to do with nothing but i feel like this actually really fits what's kind of going on in the song to me and yeah i feel like it really, it's a really well titled uh song for me very true very true I, I really do like that joint too you know what it kind of reminds me of um mm. a more energetic version of it though but i don't remember i don't know if you remember but on the notorious big's first big's first album ready to die the last mm. song is called suicidal thoughts and he gives Puffy a call oh, yeah, and it's talking sure. about killing himself. And it kind of gave me vibes of that because it's just like they know that they've reached the end. So they're just putting all their yeah. thoughts out into the world and just saying, nah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So, like, I, that's actually a very good comparison. At first, I was like, hold on, where's he going with this? Because I don't see it. But then, nah, nah, I definitely, I, I agree 100%. I feel like it definitely feels like, like you said, they're at their last joint. And it's like, you know, when they tell you, you know, your last words or whatever, and it's like, all right, fuck it. You know, here's here's what I gotta say. So exactly, I agree. I, I feel I feel like it was a, a good proper way to end out. Very true. All right. Well, we've reached that the end of this album review. Uh, what are your overall thoughts on this project? I was like I was saying earlier, we listened to the first, or I'm sorry, the third Run of Jewels project, and reviewed it for uh, our podcast a couple years ago, probably now. And I, I wasn't the biggest fan of it. I just wasn't a big big fan of LP's production or uh, is it just LP's production that I don't think he's the only producer. No, I don't think he is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in, in general, I just wasn't a big, super big fan of their beat choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and to be honest, I, I'm still not right, but I will say that there was a lot more beats that I could get down with in particular, the two chains joint. I mean, a couple other ones that I can't think of the top of my head right now, but the two chains one was super dope for me. And I, I really, I really think that was dope. And I, I feel like they should try more to get these like mainstream artists on, on, on rocking with them. Even though I know it's, it's kind of like it's different sound of music than I guess what they would make. So it probably wouldn't work all that well, but I really, I really dug it though. I really think it was dope. And, um, there was a few songs I wasn't a big fan of, but I think we're making, we're making progress here for sure. No, I, I thought it was actually a really good project. I'm a fan of Run the Jewels. I have been since they first started. They've always had these off-kilter, um, like semi-industrial sounding, just not what you would normally hear in hip-hop beats. So I feel like that's why it took them kind of a long time to, to catch on because it's like once people actually started hearing the rapping then they were just like okay i can like you know kind of look past you know this joint if i'm not that into it to check out what the rest of it sounds like and then you might just catch on to it you never know um they've like i said they've always had a different a really different sound and that's kind of one of the reasons why i really like them but honestly lp like i said before lp and mike kill their verses across this entire project they don't have a guest on this joint that does not enhance the song and make it better 
Like no, I, I agree. I and agree 100%. the fact that they they have guests, but they never have that many guests on an album. That's something again that I love. And again, I think this makes four out of four albums that Zach De La Roca and Gangsta Boo have appeared <laughs> on for oh, Run really? the Jewels. Yeah, because I know that they're on multiple albums. I I don't think I'm wrong, but I think I, I think I'm right. Um, <laughs> okay. I know that didn't sound right, but you know what I meant. <laughs> And I'm gonna shut up now because the niggas lost the ability to actually speak the words he's trying to say. <laughs> so it's time to give this bitch a score. Uh, what is your score for this out of ten, sir? All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and go with a seven point five out of ten. Okay. A very solid album. I feel like if you're not a super big fan of, because I feel like certain beats are not for the trap, you know, listeners right now. I guess you could say that. But then again, he gives you some shit. You can fucking vibe too, I feel. If you if that's what you're looking for. But I feel like if it, it, it's it's enough that if you if you give it a chance, I feel like most people will find something that they like in this album. And uh whether you like lyrics, whether you like banging as beats, I feel like there's all of that on this album. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it definitely it definitely was an improvement. And as far as a grade, like I said, seven point five is what I'm going with. They killed it, man. Definitely, you know. Shout out to Big Mike. Big Mike. Uh <laughs> who the fuck is Big Mike? Shit, I don't know. Big Mike, Big Mike. I think that was like a, a, a old uh, locks uh, DJ uh, from back in the day. Like, oh yeah, DJ, that does sound familiar. DJ Big Mike. Yep. Anyways, Killer Mike. Uh, yeah, shout out to D Block. But uh, uh, Killer Mike and, and LP killed it, man. And uh, shout out to Buffalo, man. They definitely did their thing. Facts, sure. facts. Um, I'm giving this project an 8.5 simply because I said the songs that were I really wasn't rocking with the beats. The lyrics are enough to keep me interested in them. So I have to, if you can elevate a beat that I don't like to get me to continue to listen to the song because I know the lyrics are vicious, I, I got to bump your score up a little bit more. So they're getting a solid 8.5 out of 10 from me. Okay. How much? All right. So, of course, you know, before we get up out of here every episode, we try and drop an album suggestion on y'all, something that y'all might enjoy. We always try and switch it up between the different artists and the different styles in the the genre. So what you got to share with the people today, sir? All right, man. So I'm going to switch it up real quick. I'm going to shout out to my boy. uh, It's Siege is his uh, Twitter name. My man, Chris, his his rap name is It's Siege. uh, And he just put out an EP called uh, Therapeutic. And I'm going to just, I know a little, a little self-promotion here. Your boy, Self Truly, is on there laying the verses down there. So I got a verse on there. Check it out. Support my man. And he's definitely putting in that work. Uh, this is, uh, I believe, his second EP. So definitely go check that out. Called Therapeutic. Okay. And where is it available at? I'm sorry for not bringing that up. I am sorry. You can find this on all streaming platforms, whether it be uh, Google Play, iTunes, we actually have a music video for our song, Do Better, on YouTube. So go check that out. Uh, shameless plug. Definitely on SoundCloud, all of that. Uh, and also you can find more of his music on uh, his Instagram and YouTube, which is It's Siege, I-T-S-S-I-G. It's Siege. So right. check that out. All right. All right. My album suggestion today is uh, one that recently just came out. Everybody's really been looking forward to it. One of the hottest females in the game right now, Ms. Meg Thee Stallion, uh, just released a couple days ago her first album, Good News. And that album is some good news. That album is actually really dope. Uh, I got to be able to check it out today while I was running around doing errands and shit earlier. And she's got some bangers on there. Uh, And she's 
Meg, I, I knew Meg was lyrical, like she had the lyrical ability, but this album really puts those that lyrical ability out there and on every goddamn track. Let me just say this: I've seen, and I'm sure you've seen this too, that, that there's like these YouTube videos that she'll put up, and it's like somebody recording her in the studio, and she'll be kind of like rapping it in person, mm-hmm. and they'll put the they'll just pretty much they'll just put a beat on it, and she'll start rapping, and every time she fucking kills it, dog, mm-hmm. every time. Mm-hmm. So. I've always I've always been a huge fan of, of Megan Stallion's just ability to rap. I feel like she brings a lot of energy, a lot of energy that niggas don't even bring. Yeah, to the fucking table. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And uh, it just reminds me of good old down south rapping, like aggressive rapping. And uh, I feel like she she definitely uh, brings that to the table. And let me just say I'm looking through the songs now, and the first song is called Shots Fired. So yes. I can only imagine what that refers to. So I'm gonna check that out a little a little bit later. I'm gonna tell you a couple of other songs that you can watch out for besides Shots Fired because Shots Fired is vicious. She she talks about multiple situations on that joint. Okay. And plus some of the samples on here are dope as fuck too. But, let me see her joint number three, Cry Baby with the Baby, is real yeah. vicious. Her joint Go Crazy with Big Sean and Two Chains. Dope as oh, fuck. That sounds like a really good song. Hell yeah. And a move featuring or movie, excuse me, featuring Lil Dirk. Another killer. Like even she's got a joint with scissor on there. You know, uh she's got mm-hmm. the popcorn and uh mustard. So it's just like she's got like hella jump. She's got the joint with Young Thug, the, the remix with Beyonce. Mm-hmm. So she's got she's got bangers on here. Y'all need to go actually check this joint out. Like this is probably one of the best female release albums, like the first joint that's just strong all the way through. Mm. In a very very long time And I'm talking about Even over Cardi And y'all knew that I was about Cardi's first album I still ride behind oh. Cardi's first album But this one I feel like is better Okay Now I'm definitely gonna check that out You know I'm, I see a lot of good features on here I would say I feel like You know SZA is probably A good uh, feature there And mm-hmm. also I'm curious to hear the, the thug song there So definitely gonna check that out Honestly I think the jump with Um the, the baby cry baby that joint is one of my mm-hmm. favorite tracks They go so ham okay. on this joint together It's absolutely ridiculous but- now I'm definitely gonna check that out for sure. For sure. For sure. All right. Now that go ahead and end the episode. Y'all know how we do. Is there anything else that you want to tell the people out here before we head out? Man, thank you for rocking with us. You know, y'all know this pandemic shit is getting worse out there, so keep being safe out there. Mm-hmm. Protect your loved ones and wash your hands and all that good stuff. But thank you for rocking with us. We're gonna keep providing you with this good content. And uh, you know, we got some more good shit coming in the future, you know. So definitely keep rocking with us. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Now, y'all know where y'all can find us. Y'all can find us on Instagram and Twitter at HQ Podcast. And yes, it is all spelled out. Definitely spell that shit out. Please. <laughs> you can find us for your listening pleasure at SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Public, Republic, and Google Podcast. And you can find us on Facebook by going to Facebook.com and searching out Hip Hop Heads Podcast. And again, thank everybody for listening. We always appreciate it. I'm going to tell you this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm going to just cut this shit off right now by saying this. The Tennessee fucking Titans beat the fucking Ravens in overtime right before this podcast. I just had to shout that out. Fuck the Ravens. Fuck Baltimore. We beat y'all niggas in the playoffs and the regular season. So what the fuck I got to say? With motherfucking your golden boy, Lamar Jackson and all that good stuff. I know I got nothing to do with hip hop, and I hope that there's a Titans fan out there that's appreciating this and isn't just thinking this nigga doing the shit. I love it. I, I love it. <laughs> and I on, feel like Booker T in that one in that one skit where he said nigga. Yeah, on live TV. Like, yeah. <laughs>
That's a great. That's a great moment in TV history. I'm just saying. No bull. Well, on that <laughs> note, <laughs> y'all take care of each other. Wash take your care, hands. Man. Wash your ass. Be good. And if you can't be good, be the best that you can be. That's all you can do. <laughs> and yo, take care of yourselves, everybody. Uh, stay safe out there. And if you're in the states listening, happy Thanksgiving because it will be in a couple yeah. days after you hear this. <laughs> so, from my man, Mr. Chris Ben Bass, my name is Cooper, and we out this motherfucker. Peace. Peace.